Founders Fake Startup Supercharge. What is the the biggest mistake you personally have made with your go-to-market strategy? Well, a biggest mistake is spending far too long working on the marketing strategy, working <laughs> on the product, working on, you know, a zillion other things like name cards, you know, websites, you name it, working, you know, branding materials, working on all these things instead of working on sales. Because you go to venture capitalists, they don't care if you have a name card. They don't care even if you have a website. They don't care about anything else. You know, what they care about is do you have, who is your customer and why do they love you? And are you able to grow this into a huge business? That's all they care about. I love it because yeah, you're right. I could take money. The, you're the investor. You're going to be giving them money to go and hire somebody to build out that website and to build out the name card. They, they need to know that you got traction and that you have a product that actually solves a problem. Absolutely. Because they don't know. Honestly, they don't have time. They're getting pitched, you know, every day by startups and they can't delve deep enough. They literally don't have the bandwidth to go deep enough on your business to figure out if it's the next big thing. Yeah, sure. If you were if you walk in the door and you're right in their sweet spot and they've already done all the homework, you know, which some VCs have and you pitch them exactly what they're waiting for. Yes. At that point, they'll take a risk on you because they've already in their mind made the decision. You're not you're not making the decision for them. This is what entrepreneurs you seldom sway a VC into making a decision. You usually most of the closings of deals, venture capital, and that is sales, right? That is one of the biggest sale you'll probably make is closing your VC round the, the, or any investor round. If the, the thing is, if you hit them with, on 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 assumptions that they've already made. They already say, okay, this is going to be a big market. I'm waiting for the next startup that has the right team, the right product, the right everything to walk in the door and you pitch it to them. Even with no sales, you can get funded, but that seldom happens. So most of the time they don't really understand your business that well. And the only thing they have to go by are the numbers. So where do I start? So oh, selling. So let me, let me tell you, if you are going to sell so there two, there's different types of sales there's big strategic sales you know and then there's small strategic sales and then there's uh you know a lot of small sales that you can make and then there's like consumer like if you go out to consumer we're we're going to focus on b2b and i tell people who are in the b2b space it's you can close there's two ways to go right uh venture capital and this is i'm talking about an area i know they love businesses that focus on that have lots and lots of small sales so like if because those are scalable businesses you throw marketing dollars at them and they can go ballistic right whether it's b2b or b2c like lots and lots of small sales are very easy to predict a lot of customers though they're going after enterprise customers and so let's talk about that if you are going after enterprise customers those are big strategic sales and those sales are really tough to close especially in the early stages where you're where they don't know you they don't know you you don't have a large team you don't have a brand there's no reputation they're probably or almost always using some other product or products or services to solve their problem so whatever problem they're having they're getting it solved through something else you need to convince them to switch and getting anybody to switch as everybody knows, it's really hard because they're usually people are embedded. They don't want to change. 
Nobody wants to change because they've already invested the time, the energy, everything else to do the things the way they're currently doing them and adopting a new software package, adopting a new service to replace an existing one, really tough sales. So the question is, how do you do it? You're painting a very uh, gloom picture there and uh, unmotivating. So, so what's the secret sauce to overcoming this obstacle? So I will tell you personally what I found. So uh, you need, if you're going to break through in a business, you're not going to break through by being the same as everybody else. You simply will not do it. Um, and you will not be, you never will convince somebody to switch by saying you have a lot of little things that make your product better. So those little I got incremental- feature A, I've got feature B. Features, features <laughs> don't get people to switch. Like if you came to me with anything and you just, and I'm already using, you know, editing software or email software or you name it, you know, whatever product or service I'm using, you know, could be a service. And you start talking about all these little improvements you've made. I'm like, I don't, it's not worth it. Like, it's not worth it. Little improvements do not change the game. If all you have are little improvements, you're going to grow. You can grow. You can grow. You can find customers at the right time who are using some outdated product that are ready to move on or something like that. But you're not going to have a big breakthrough. A big breakthrough is where you literally capture people who are happy with their product. Like they like what they're doing now. They have no intention of switching. But when they hear about what you're doing, they're like, oh, my God, that is that would save me so much time. I would make so much more money. Whatever their whatever their goal is, perfectly aligns and delivers upon it. So if you don't have that, you're wasting your time. Like that's the first of all. Secondly, you don't sell people on a hundred ideas at once. Like you don't go into them or even five ideas. Let's say you don't say we're better in this way and this way and this way and this way. You know that doesn't get people motivated. You sh what you need to figure out what's the one thing. And it's usually one thing you'll be surprised. It's usually what's the one thing we can do for you that's so valuable for your business that you will switch to our product and you laser focus on the one thing. Yeah, you do a lot of other things better than the competitor. Anybody can say that. Right. But if they don't really matter to your customer, they're not it's not going to move the dial. So there has to be one thing that you come in. that's their biggest headache there in your you're solving that and they're like okay you do this one thing and everything else is at least as good as what i'm already doing i'm i'm on board so as a as a salesperson i always say go in there selling one thing one key thing in that camp like i say be an incremental improvement <laughs> like it's not going to move the dial it has to add a new layer of value so creating value uh, for your customer a value that they simply aren't getting and a value, something that is valuable enough that it eclipses the inertia and pain of actually making that switch. And until you figure that out, like you don't have to be the best salesperson in the world to sell, but you do have to convey to people uh, what you, what is it that you are giving them in the best way possible. So I say, you know, don't worry about all the tricks you read in the sales books, you know, and all the little, you know, little ways of manipulating people and stuff like that. Those don't those, uh, you know, they they work a little, but they aren't really going to make you your business fly. Your business will fly when you are able to very concisely narrow uh, focus in and identify that thing 
that is of value to your customer and then you make it the central part of your pitch and your pitch doesn't have to be polished because if this thing is really matters to your customer they'll get it like they'll get it right away like you 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 don't have to have the best powerpoints the best this you don't have to <laughs> you know the flashiest videos you don't need that of course as you grow you'll get all that stuff but in in the early stages you can't even afford to make it because a lot of times you don't even know so sales in the early stages of startup sales and developing your product go hand in hand. There's no reason to develop a product you can't sell. Like, <laughs> you know, a lot of yeah. people think it's a great idea. Figure out that one thing early on, even before you build the product. And then you create this feedback loop where you are going out and selling the product as you're building it and getting feedback from your customers, getting it into their hands in a very crude form, because you will find if you're solving their, their number one pain point, uh, then you getting, they'll take your product in a half formed, half baked way because they will be like, I, I have a, a rule, you know, w w the kiss of death in for any salesperson is, oh, that would be nice. That'd be nice. That's really nice. If they say your product is nice, it means it's a nice to have product and nobody wants a nice to have product. <laughs> they want a product like you can test your product even before you build it, especially if it's B2B, simply by going to customers very early on, uh, getting those leads early on. Maybe Adam can set these up for you, you know, getting these leads before you even build it and then going to customers and saying, you know, here's what we're building. You do a PowerPoint mock up of it. You don't have to build the whole thing and you should. And you say, uh, are you interested? And they go, oh, yeah, that's nice. Come back when it's ready. You're done. Your, your, your business is over. You might as well yeah. not build it, right? If they say, come back when it's ready, that's nice to have. What you need to hear from your customer when you know you've solved that pain point, when you know you're adding what I call extreme value, what you need to hear is, oh my God, the, you can do this? You can do, well, we're, we're working on it. When can I get it? Can I get it now? Can I, yeah, we'll get you a contract so you can be, I have to have this, you know. Yeah. You, they don't even you, ask the price. They just, they're, they're no, ready to sign. They're ready to sign and they, they, they just, they, if you get that reaction, they're willing to like say, okay, you can be one of the first 10 customers to get it, but you need to sign now and you need to give us an advance to reserve that slot. Otherwise we're going with other people. Boom, you have a real business. It's worth building that product. <laughs> and I love, you know, take the money right then and there. It's, a, it's only the valuable money. if they're ready to pay and they do pay, not yeah, say, yes, I will pay. That's how you get confirmation, right? You get yeah. confirmation because people put their money where their mouth is. I want the money. And then you can literally, you can literally without, I've seen startups do this without building any product, just getting those initial signed agreements. You can go to venture capital and raise your angel round or, you know, from angel investors or even a seed round from an early, early stage venture firm. You know, they'll write the check for those seed rounds to get you to build out that product because here you have 10 customers who are chomping at the bit to get it. Yep. I, I think uh, one of the reactions I've seen that's also really positive if they're not jumping out of their seat is sitting back and just dumbfounded. They're just sitting back and like, wow. Like this changes, like you could see the, the wheels in their heads going, this changes everything. Yeah, this they don't is going to be groundbreaking for me. Exactly. What, what the, the ultimate test is their action. Are they willing to pre-order from you? Are they willing to sign some sort of agreement? Because nobody wants to do any paperwork, even if it's for no money, you know, a letter of intent. Nobody wants to do that if they're not really interested. So getting them to, to put some, to make some effort on their part, uh, 
to get approval to do something that's demonstration that you do have traction and you need that for yourself more than you need it for the venture capitalists because they can throw all the money in the world they want at at you and they start they have done this before and the start still fails if you you know if there is if there if you aren't meeting an extreme market need and i call it extreme because these are highly scalable big businesses that we're trying to build if you aren't meeting an extreme market need you don't have a business that's venture fundable you may have a business that's a good lifestyle business like a consulting business or you know even a small software business but you're not going to you're not going to ever grow to be a billion dollar company and ultimately you know i work with i'm i invest and i work with you know, hundreds of VCs and Silicon Valley and around the world. And all of us, all of us, you know, we, every bet we place, every bet we place, we want to be on a, on a company with the potential to be a billion dollar company. Why would we place a bet investing our time and money in a company that can't get huge returns? Because we know it's just as risky to invest in a small business, you know, the, the, them going out of business as a big, as a potentially big business. So we're always gonna choose the big business. <laughs> That's what we're here for. We're all here for success. We're all here for the to grow something big and and make money along the way. Yeah. So, and yeah. So there's more that I can talk about, and that is how you know, in the early stages of sales, you should be less concerned with literally selling your product as figuring out as much about your customers as possible, and so that requires you to take off that sales cap. And this is why I say you don't have to be the best salesman. You're not a used car salesman, you know, just moving product off the shelf, you know, trying to get your commission. That isn't your goal. Your goal is as as an entrepreneur is very different. It's to figure out the market and figure out what's inside your customer's head. You may think you are building a product they really need. And then you may go out and you may find early on that they kind of need it or they would like to have it, but they don't really need it. And so many entrepreneurs, because they've already invested their emotional uh, heart in this direction, this idea that they've done, they may have invested money in building out the early version of it and time and all this stuff. They have a huge sunk cost. So they are very resistant and myself included. Everybody is this way. It's human nature, very resistant to admitting that they have wasted their time and money. And nobody wants to feel like they've wasted their time and money. So when people give them lukewarm feedback, they will interpret it and you will interpret it as an entrepreneur. You'll find yourself doing this as much more positive than it really is. So you have to train yourself. And this is the key when you're going out in the early stages to listen to your customer and even equally important to ask the right questions. If you aren't asking them the right questions, uh, you, they they uh, won't um, you won't get the data you need to actually understand what they need. So getting in, so it is far better for you to hear that they don't like your product than to put on blinders and keep charging ahead, hoping it'll work out. It never works out. Like <laughs> hope never makes anything work out. What it does is it keeps you going in the wrong direction. So hope keeps you traveling in a direction you shouldn't be traveling. What you don't need is hope. You need proof, proof, proof is what gets you. So what you need to do is when you engage with customers at the earliest stage, 
you need to, and and literally this never ends you should be doing this even once you're mature because the markets are always changing your customers needs are always changing there's always new bigger opportunities out there that you have yet to discover so what you what's really important for you to do is to probe deeply to to ask the customers you know what you know you're getting a lukewarm response or not that that crazy uh response where they're ready to sign something you're not getting that that means you're not on the right course well use this opportunity to figure out what they really need and you go deep like are there areas where you're really suffering are there areas that you know what you're doing just isn't working you need to ask them these questions you know what are the biggest problems you have right now with your business you know what are you using certain tools or using certain related services that just aren't working for you as well as they could and a lot of times the customers will tell you the pain they have they will be very articulate on that they will they will never tell you what to build right because they they're not designers they're they're not you know entrepreneurs they won't tell you what to build directly they will tell you what to build indirectly by telling you the pain they're ha having things that are taking up a lot of time like where do you spend most of your time in the day what would you like not to do like during a day like if you laid out your whole day are there certain things you would not you'd rather not do um and uh you start to get information from each of these interviews so these are less sales interviews it's not about pushing your product it's about figuring out a puzzle you know the system that these people live in and how you can improve and change that system so you're going you should have when you go to a customer it's never a one-way thing where you're trying to convince them of something you should not be trying to convince them of anything you should be letting either them convince you that what you have is exactly what they need then you know you're on the right track or figure out you know let them convince you what they do need you know <laughs> and give them the opportunity to do that by opening up the discussion and really listening, really paying attention and really probing. You should have a list of like at least 20 critical questions that you ask and you should always be improving this list. You know, I've given you a bunch right here. I've given you at least 10 questions to ask. You know, always be improving the list of which questions you should be asking every time you go in and experiment. Try asking a question in a different way. Try asking a different, a slightly different question. You know, how can you get them to open up? How can you get them to kind of reveal what's inside their head? And that, that, and and once you get into your customer's head and start seeing their their business through their eyes, you know, you uh, will see the opportunities. And as soon as you see an opportunity that is really powerful. That's when you just ditch what you're doing and you refocus and great startups do this all the time. They almost never start with the right idea. I write about this in my books. So I have two books that are directly relevant to this. One is make elephants fly, which is all about the elephant is your big idea, your vision that, that you want to get off the ground. And it's an elephant. How is it going to fly? So you need to, it's the process of innovation. How do you get that elephant flying, right? That big idea off the ground. That's the, what I've been discussing. Like this process of innovation with your customer. You don't innovate in a box. You don't innovate alone. You innovate through interacting with directly the people who are gonna buy and use your products. Number two is surviving a startup. 
which is a lot of what I talked about, which is like, once you innovate, how do you get that product to market? How do you raise venture capital? How do you grow that business into a big business? How do you, how do entrepreneurs scale their business? How do they survive a startup? Which is, you know, I've done it, it's crazy. And I've done it, not just my own startups, but I've done it with hundreds of other entrepreneurs as I go through this process with them. I think it's really amazing what you're saying. And it's, it's so true. It's, you don't have to be a good salesperson. You have to be a good active listener. And the listening and asking good questions is such a hard skill, especially nowadays, to, to grow. But as you're saying, to have those questions and, and really listen to what the prospect is telling you or the, you know, whoever you're talking to, listen to what they're telling you. It not, might not be word for word, but there's the meaning behind it that they're telling you about their pain and, and diving in deeper into that. That's where the magic is. That's exactly. And you have to train yourself. You're not going to be good at this. Like I used to think sales was some, something entirely different than it is. And I thought I would never be good at it because I'm naturally like kind of an introverted shy guy, even though I come across as very <laughs> Um You wouldn't know it, but th that's my true nature. And so I thought, you know, I'm not naturally suited to sales. But then I started to figure out, oh, it isn't at all about just convincing somebody to do something they don't want to do, like buy a product they don't need. That's not sales at all. Sales no. is actually a really fun process of figuring something out and helping somebody solve their problems. And as soon as you take that mentality and that approach that, look, I'm not out there to sell you. I'm going to help you to figure out and solve your problems. And every day you're out there doing that, Woo, the customers will love you and you you know that's when you, the product starts to fly off the shelves so you don't have to do anything you just have to really get in front of them listen to them uh, figure out what they need and if it's a fit you help them if it's not you help them direct them to the right people who can actually say oh there is a product out there that can solve that problem it's not ours it's this other company's you know and then you do a deal with the other company you say hey i'm referring your uh, customers to you can you do the same back to me you know so you find the problems your customer has and you make deals with the companies that provide the very best solutions that aren't direct competitors to you you and you refer them and they refer you and then you get a whole new uh, uh, way to grow your business that didn't exist before I'm Captain Hoff CEO of Founderspace the leading global startup accelerator I'm also author of the award-winning books Make Elephants Fly, Surviving a Startup, and The Five Horses.